Writer's Podcast Lab production. Written and voiced by Randy Sanders. Produced by Purple Crow Productions. Elk Boy. It's alive. Chinook County, Oregon stretches from the shores of the Pacific Ocean over the Coast Range, where it settles on the gentle sloping banks of the Columbia River. From the steps of the old courthouse in Yankton, you can see the forests of Washington State on the other side of the river, as well as the glacial peaks of Mount St. Helens and on a clear day, Mount Rainier. My name is Seth McKinley. I'm sheriff of Chinook County. I was born and raised here a community that, long ago, once thrived from logging and fishing. Today, economic hardship from automation, foreign competition, clear-cut logging, overfishing, and global warming has all taken its toll on our home. Today I'm patrolling Highway 130, several miles away from the county seat. On one side of the single-lane highway is the Columbia River. On the other side, a dense forest of cedar, hemlock, and dug fir covering the foothills. I spot an old rusted pickup driving towards me in the same lane at breakneck speed. I quickly swerve the patrol car at the last second to avoid a head-on collision. The radar screen mounted on my dash clocks the pickup in at 107 miles per hour. Looking in the rearview mirror, I see the driver overcorrecting and ending up on the shoulder of the opposite lane, kicking up a hurricane of dirt and rocks, flying in every direction. The old pickup is lurching back and forth, struggling to gain control. I flip on my lights, make a U-turn, and reach for the radio transmitter. Sheriff McKinley in pursuit on Highway 130, possibly 390, Oregon license, Appleberry Raven 615, over. I can hear my dispatch deputy respond. Roger that, Sheriff. I push the pedal to the floorboard until I hit 120 on the speedometer. The forest is streaming by like a blur. I reach the rear bumper of the pickup and hit the siren several times. Finally, the pickup comes to a stop on the shoulder of the road. With my heart racing, I catch my breath. Mile marker 16, possible 1038, 1037, 1020. No current tags on the vehicle. Looks like a 70s era model Ford pickup. Over. The red and yellow colors of my patrol car's bar lights reach across the pasture and bathe a small herd of dairy cows in blue and yellow. Chinook County's dispatch deputy 
is a good-natured, big-boned lesbian gal named Sergeant Greta McKee. Most folks know her more for her bullying skills. Greta has earned the prestigious Big Beaver Trophy four years in a row. This is the highest acclaim an amateur bowler can earn in this neck of the woods. Her hook shot is legendary. She stands at an impressive six foot two, weighing in at a solid 220. That's why they call her Big Mac. Stand by, Sheriff. Roger that, Mac. As Big Mac checks out the history of the vehicle to find out if it's stolen, I gaze out the window. Several dairy cows come right up to the fence to check me out. They're close enough for me to reach out and touch their wet noses. I see something odd in the pickup. There's an enormous set of elk antlers looming over the driver's head. Looking closer, it appears they're attached to the head of what appears to be a bull elk. The driver's side window rolls down and a furry elk leg comes out holding a marijuana joint between his hoof. A potent scent of cannabis bellows from the cab, permeating the air all around. I could hear a man laughing. Sheriff, do not approach that vehicle. I repeat, do not approach that vehicle. Consider the suspect armed and dangerous. I have notified all officers to respond for backup. Do you read me, Sheriff? Easy, Mac. I think this is some smart-ass driving around wearing an elk costume. Perhaps a senior prank. Proceed with backup if you must. Big Mac watches the back of every one of my patrol deputies. This time, I believe she's being a little overprotective. I grab my hat, check my service weapon, and close the door. Sheriff, Sheriff, please respond, Sheriff. Do not approach the vehicle. Real nice, pal. Driving while intoxicated. Reckless driving and speeding. You know, I clocked you at 107. I'm impressed this old clunker can even get up to that speed. License and registration, please. Looking into the cab of the pickup, I noticed the driver is a bull elk. And he's wearing a red flannel shirt with the sleeves cut off. On his wrist, or leg, I guess, is a neon pink band, like something you'd see entering a rock concert beer garden. It's not very smart to throw a lit roach outside under these fire conditions. I can cite you for that as well. The elk just laughs at me. <laughs> License and registration, please. This time I ask again, less friendly. The door opens, the elk climbs out. He stares into my eyes, trying to intimidate me. I need you to return inside the vehicle, I warn him. <laughs> he laughs at me again, but this time gets down on all fours. Before I can process what's happening, he lowers his rack and comes in charging me hard. He knocks me to the ground. I struggle to get to my feet. I reach for my service weapon, but before I can remove it from its holster, he comes back at me again. This time, he scoops my body up with that massive rack and hurls me high into the air. Instead of falling to the ground, I am thrust as if propelled from a rocket launcher. Higher and higher I climb, watching my patrol car getting smaller. 
A wet cloud slows my ascent, and I topple down, making a soft landing. The cloud covers my legs up to my knees. I glance across the stark white landscape. A chilly wind blows. It's quiet and the air smells like rain. I make my way to the edge of the cloud and I look down towards the earth. Several patrol cars have responded to Big Mac's call. The pickup is still there, but no sign of the bull elk. I watch canine officers enter and leave the woods with their search dogs. I consider calling down to them, but realize they can't help me. Reaching for my radio transmitter attached to my uniform, I can reach Big Mac. Maybe she can get a Coast Guard helicopter up here. Ah, oh, hell. I don't even know if a chopper flies up this high. I hold the mic to my lips, prepared to speak, but it turns into a blackbird and flies out of my hand. Something on the far end of the cloud catches my attention. Squinting my eyes, I see a herd of bull elk charging across the cloud towards me. They're some distance away, but moving fast. What is happening with all this elk rage? Why are they singling me out? I don't hunt anymore. It's been years. The herd is moving fast. Their hooves are kicking up big wet cloud particles. Their nostrils flare. They lower their heads into a charging position. I reach for my service weapon. Maybe I can scare them off in the other direction. But as I pull the trigger, my gun turns into a butterfly and flutters off. The herd is close. I can see the whites of their eyes. My only option is to plunge headfirst into the cloud. And as I do, I sink, as if diving into a swimming pool. It's quiet. The cloud water is warm, therapeutic. Why I can even breathe underwater. It's like being in a womb. Water slowly moves all around me gently massaging my body. It's wild. I'm floating free inside a cloud, suspended in the sky. The elk herd passes over me. Where did they go, I wonder? Did they fall to earth? I try to swim to the surface, but each stroke pulls me back. It's like swimming in quicksand or running in slow motion in a dream. The harder I swim, the slower I go. I look down through the cloud below. I can see the lush hills of my home. The sound of thunder cracks the sky, and the cloud shakes violently. The cloud water turns dark and cold. My body is being sucked down like I'm heading for a drain. My teeth chatter. I'm shivering. Light flashes all around me. The repeated clap of thunder grows louder. I can hear water rushing like a waterfall. My body is being pulled down fast. The cloud is turning into rain. There's nothing to hold. My body rushes helplessly towards the eye as the cloud empties rainwater all around me. I'm moving through the eye and now free falling in the sky. I watch helplessly as the forest canopy rushes towards me I prepare to hit the ground with the raindrops, but then everything goes dark. Seth?
Seth, are you all right? Seth! I hear my wife, Agnes Mary, calling. I open my eyes to find her standing over me. Looking around, I realize I'm in our bedroom. I've fallen out of bed. Jeez Louise, Seth. That must have been some crazy nightmare. Are you okay? Yeah, I guess. Uh, you wouldn't believe this dream. I would believe you were probably down at the tip-top tap last night, after your shift. She scolds me. Had a few too many after work, huh? No, no, not at all. I profess. Well, if you're all right, then you get up. You'll be late for work. I could hear you yelling all the way up at the barn. My chocolate Labrador blindsides me, licking my face. Atta girl, Daisy May. Get him up. I lumber down the hallway towards the kitchen in a fog. The fragrance of fresh-brewed coffee is intoxicating. Rifling through the cupboard, I find my favorite cup, and I fill it with black coffee. Sipping slowly, I gaze out the window at the rolling hills of the coast range. Seth, when were you going to tell me about this? Agnes Mary asks, waving the latest edition of the Chinook County Chronicle in the air. What? I ask. A new elk boy sighting. Wow, it's been 20 years since the last one. She slips out of her barn boots and into her furry slippers. Her cheeks are strawberry red from the morning cold. She opens the newspaper. This is where our story begins. It's all just silly, that's why. I didn't believe the last sighting, and I certainly don't believe this one. I'm sure Fergus Victor is behind this elk boy crap, trying to brew up publicity for that gun shop of his. I was at the Borinsau market, and the girls were talking about Fergus sequestering himself in the basement, naked as a jaybird, shotgun between his knees. Apparently, he told Ida June... The elk boy is Satan. I roll my eyes. Stop. Look, Fergus is a pathological liar and a con man with a wild imagination. I had to send out a deputy because it was a 9-11 call. You know damn well he's ginning up some fear angle to sell more guns. Probably some ingenious lie such as, he has the only gun that'll kill Satan elk boy. And it just so happens to be on sale this week only. But I admit, he's a master at manipulating these uneducated Bible bangers. They'll believe anything he tells them. Well, it's not right that he goes around selling himself off as a Christian. Fergus should open up a Bible now and then and learn that Jesus fed the poor. He didn't sell them guns. Agnes Mary argues. The Bible is Fergus's cornerstone to his marketing campaign, I point out. You hear how he brags about knowing the Bible on those commercial spots he runs on Harley's crappy-ass radio station. It's all garbage, like B.T. Barnum said, there's a sucker born every minute. But you try and tell that to half these people in this county. He's like a damn terracotta Christian cult figure around here. Easy, Seth. Watch your blood pressure. Drink your coffee. I'll make you breakfast. 
Agnes Mary opens the refrigerator door to get out the eggs and the bacon. She pauses and turns to me. You know, Seth, Daryl Swine of the Chronicle mentioned Fergus had that little stuttering boy. Uh, Delmont Floyd with him. Apparently he gave Delmont a lift to work. He's saying the elk boy took Delmont. Sure, and guess what? Fergus suddenly finds Delmont and becomes the great savior. (laughs) I laugh. He's got it all planned out, doesn't he? Well, Seth, Delmont is missing, isn't he? Has anyone filed a missing persons report? His next of kin has to do that. His mother is a hardworking single mom, and she keeps to herself. It's barely been 24 hours anyway. Look, I don't believe he's missing. I'm sure Fergus cooked this all up. He's probably got that kid held up somewhere, comfy, with Cheetos and video games. Then in a few days, he'll give some bullshit press conference in front of his gun shop on Harley's radio station. A boy will be at his side. Fergus will wave the Bible around, mention a huge gun sale to celebrate, and there will be a line around that building with more guns in the hands of idiots who should not have them. I raise my finger in the air to emphasize a fictitious headline. Delmont Floyd Finders Day. 30% off on all automatic weapons. Well, I hope that sweet little boy is okay. I wonder what really happened, Seth. Elk Boy is a Writer's Podcast Lab production. Written and voiced by Randy Sanders. Produced by Purple Crow Productions. All music written and recorded by Randy Sanders. For additional music, please see our Facebook page, Writer's Podcast Lab. And remember to like us on Facebook to stay up to date with all information on new episodes, Elk Boy merchandise, and new series premieres. If you like this series and want to hear more, consider a simple contribution of $5. Contact Elkboy at yahoo.com. Every contribution helps make this costly podcast a reality. Thank you.